morning. If we have not yet met, uh, my name is Danny Hardy, and I have the privilege of being the communications pastor here at Grace, and I guess they figured out that I like to talk, and so they called me that from the get-go, um, and maybe now, I don't know, maybe they realize it was all very true, communications. Um, and so I'm just thankful to get to be here with you today, to get to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and get to open this word with us today because we know that every time we open this word, it's alive and it's living and breathing and it breathes fresh breath into us. And so that's my prayer for today is that it's a fresh outpouring over us today. Um, so we're in year of the Bible but as Tommy shared last week, through the current readings, we're seeing a common thread. And that common thread is the thread of faith. It's a, a mini-series of sorts. And so I'm going to land there today as well, talking about faith. And um, the first verse I want us to start with is one that's just been just radiating in my heart, and that's Hebrews 10.39. It says, We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and are saved. We do not shrink back. We are of those who have faith and are saved. And that word faith is a word that we hear a lot at church, right? Um, it's a word that's thrown around a lot. And so I wonder if we really understand, like really in the gut of who we are, understand what this word means, what faith is, how we strengthen it, and how we use it. And so um, we're going to continue this conversation of faith today. And in the dictionary, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a like, a student, always a student, and so I'm going to look up the dictionary and what, what this word means. So the dictionary says that faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. My Jesus study Bible, this was my favorite, um, said that faith is an intense form of trust. Intense, which I love, that intense form of trust. Faith is the means by which we trust in God. Faith is the means by which we trust in his promises. And then in Hebrews 11, verse 1, in the NIV, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And that's the translation I have before me. But I also want to share with you the New Living Translation because it says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So I want you to remember that word evidence because we're going to talk about that throughout the evidence of things we cannot see. So last week, Tommy shared with us um, this faith that we can build our life upon, this secure and sustained faith that is a three-legged faith, as he called it, um, a faith in what God has done, a faith in what God is doing, and a faith in what God will do. Okay, so a past, a present, and a future faith. And that is the faith we're going to continue to talk about today as we talk about how to sustain that faith and how to use that dependable faith. So one way that we sustain our faith for today is by remembering what God has done. We remember, and that might seem trivial or really elementary, but I want us to dig into that today, the art of remembering what God has done, because difficult circumstances come, right? And sometimes in those circumstances, our faith can wane, and the enemy can plant a seed of doubt in our hearts, and we have to be able to come against that doubt and have a truth that we know, and that truth is what we remember about what God has done in our lives and what God has done that we have accounted of in the word. Because the enemy and the world want to skew our view 
want to skew our perception of what God has done and who God is. And so if we, sometimes we can have this dementia of sorts, right? This dementia of sorts that sets itself up where we don't really remember in full what God has already done. We don't allow ourselves to remember in full and in truth what God has already done to be faithful. Because we, we look back and we think, well, he wasn't faithful then, right? Has anybody else ever done that or is that just me up here alone? Okay, good. Woo. Okay, so that's a deep kind of doubt, right? That's a deep kind of doubt that can set itself up in the pit of your stomach. That kind of doubt that says, God, there's no way you're going to be good today. You're not going to be good today because I remember back then when that thing happened and you weren't good then. Where were you then? You weren't good then. So I can't believe you're going to be good today. Y'all, do you hear the lies in that? Lies. It's full of lies because the enemy is a liar. And he tricks us into lying to ourselves. And unless we have a way to remember the goodness and the faithfulness of God, we will fall prey to his schemes and we will believe that God was not faithful at some point in the past. And that is a deep doubt that we do not want to play around with. So we want to remember in truth. And I believe that this sustained and strong faith hinges for today hinges upon our ability to remember what God has already done. Our ability to have this sustained and strong faith today relies upon our ability to remember in truth who God has already proven himself to be. We must remember. So how do we remember? How do we remember this? So the remembering, I want to I be sure I'm, I'm making this clear. The past of our faith and the present of our faith are connected. They're connected. Because what we believe he has done, what we understand he has done in the past, impacts who we are today, how we perceive today, how we believe today. We don't actually get to draw some line in the sand and forget the hardships. But we do get to look back and see where he was in those. Because they're all connected, the past and the present. And our current faith today hinges on our ability to remember that. And sometimes our faith for today, it's a commanding. It's a commanding of myself. It's a commanding of yourself to believe for today. Because we don't always wake up and feel like it, right? We don't always wake up and feel like believing, but we have to command ourselves to believe because we have evidence of the ways that he has worked before. So how do we remember? How do we remember the good that he's done in order to anchor our faith for today and project our faith for the future? Because that projection is needed, right? So how do we do that? How do we remember? We're going to look back to the Old Testament to see an example of remembrance. In the Old Testament, we know that Moses was leading the Israelites, right? Leading the Israelites through the wilderness for 40 years. And he dies before they enter into the promised land. But before he dies, God takes him up onto the mountain and allows him to see all of the land that the Israelites will inherit. And then he dies and Joshua becomes the leader of the Israelites, and they are like ready to go into the promised land. They're right there at it. But before they can, they have to cross the Jordan River. 
And so they begin to cross. The Levitical priests are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which is the very presence of God. And the Israelites are behind them, and they're going across the Jordan River. And then this is so interesting. God stops the water. The Israelites walk across on dry land. And let's look at what happens in Joshua 4. Verse 4. So Joshua called together. God had commanded him to do this. Called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. I want to point out it was the middle of the Jordan. God was in the very middle of the Jordan in the Ark of the Covenant because whatever mess we're going through and whatever way he's making, he is right smack in the middle of the dry ground that he is creating in your life. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder. These are big stones, not pebbles. Big stones on their shoulders according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So we think back to this story and we remember what miracle God, God did that day. And right in the middle of it, he said, go back to where the middle of the Jordan and pick up stones of remembrance. Because he knew that they would be forgetful. He knew that that day they walked across dry ground and they're like, yes, right? I mean, super pumped, like we're walking across dry ground, we're heading into the promised land, but a day would come when they would forget that they were dry ground people walking across the river on dry ground. And so he said, go pick up those stones and you build, a, you put those stones where you're going to set camp and you remember what I did because he knew that they would forget <laughs> because even dry ground people, people who have walked right through the middle of a miracle are bound to forget. The truth is, there's no amount of effort we can apply over our lives to sustain our faith. Because sustaining our faith is not our business, that's God's business. And so we have to rely on Him to sustain our faith. Which that's a complete and total, like, unabated trust, undivided trust. If we're trusting in Him for what we need from Him. Requires complete and total trust. But remembering is part of that trusting process because we remember him because we know him. So remembering what he's done is part of knowing who he is. So remembering is part of trusting. And God knew that the people, us included in our busyness and our forgetfulness, would forget the dry ground he has created in our lives. And so he has commanded us to set about stones of remembrance. And y'all, I don't want you to miss this because I had this big aha moment when I was writing all of this, that our faith for today, faith for today, right now, is about sustaining our confidence and our security and our assurance about who God is. And it is the faith in things that we cannot see. But just because we cannot see what today holds and just because we cannot see what tomorrow will hold does not mean we get to forget what yesterday held. 
It does not mean that we get to forget the evidence that we now have of who he is and what he has done. We cannot see today, but the past is full of things we can see, full of evidence of what God has done. Do not allow yourself to forget what he has done. We can't see today. We can't see tomorrow. We have a whole lot of yesterdays that we can see. Don't forget them. Yesterday is evidence. So I wonder, what are we doing? What are we doing to remember? What stones of remembrance are we setting about in our lives? And so I want to show you some of mine, because this is real. I want to show you some of mine. This um, five-star notebook, anybody ever had one of these? (laughs) This is my journal from when I was 14 and accepted a call into the ministry, full of notes and prayers from when I was 14. This super classy composition notebook here is full of prayers from when I was recovering from brokenness and praying that God would send me someone who would love me and that I could trust and would lead me to Jesus and that I could talk to about Jesus. Prayers and, and, and um, supplication in there. This journal has prayers in it from when I was asking God to heal my body so that I could hope to become a mother. Notebook upon notebook. And I'm not showing you these to brag. I'm showing you these as evidence. Okay, These are full of sermon notes. These are full of messages that I sat in and took notes. These are full of prayers. These are full of memory verses. These are full of things that God's done in my heart over the years. These are photo albums full of pictures of our baby and the joy that she's brought to our life and my husband. I mean, y'all, just boxes. Photos. And there, there's stacks of these in our closet. Stones of remembrance. Because today holds the evidence of the things I was having faith for then. Called into ministry then, placed into ministry now. Praying for a husband then, praying for a man then who I could trust and talk to about Jesus. And I have a man now who leads me to Jesus every day. Praying then for a body to be made right and a child to come into our life. And now I have a three-year-old who calls me mama. I had to have faith for it then. But I have evidence of it now. Don't lose sight of the evidence in your life about the things that you were having faith for in the past. Because there's evidence in every single one of our lives. Every single one of our lives is full of evidence of what God has already done. Things that you prayed for that you're now right in the middle of. And the enemy would love nothing more than for you to have a skewed perception of what that is. For you to lose account of what God's done. Because if you can lose account of what he's already done, you will not believe in him for today. And you will certainly not believe in him for tomorrow. Don't forget. God knew that even dry ground people become forgetful. Don't forget. Set about stones of remembrance. We had to have faith for it then. But we have evidence of it now. Be reminded of the evidence of it. Because they matter. And those days of doubts come. And when the enemy tries to whisper a lie, you just go ahead and tell him to back off. Because I have evidence. 
back off because I have evidence. I have hard evidence of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And I won't, I won't believe your lies and I certainly won't repeat them to myself because I have evidence. Stones of remembrance. Evidence of what God's done. God sustains our faith by way of remembering by way of evidence of who he is and what he has done. And then we take that and we command our souls today to believe in what he's doing right now. Y'all, come on. Does everybody in here wake up every day and you just want to do all the right things? And you just want to just do everything that God asks you to do? No! But some days you have to command your soul to be exactly who God's called you to be. It's a commanding. It's, okay, girl, come on, get it together today. Because today we're going to do this. Commanding your soul to be who God's called you to be. It's a commanding. And we use the remembering to command ourselves into his will. And then we take that strengthened and sustained faith and we partner with God for what he's going to do next. We partner with that faith. In Hebrews 11, we're just going to look at one verse, but y'all, if you've not read Hebrews 11, I would encourage you to do so. In this one chapter, the word faith is mentioned 25 times. So this chapter is significant if we're talking about faith. And in this chapter, it's talking about the ancients of faith, the people of the Old Testament who were commended for their faith. Y'all, these are people who had no knowledge of Jesus. No evidence of Jesus, no stories about Jesus, yet they had faith that God would deliver them, that God would come through, even though they didn't have this evidence. They had their evidence of what God had done in their life and that God would continue to come through, and they had faith. And this faith that's mentioned 25 times is connected to Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Rahab. And then it says, and there are so many others I don't have time to tell you about. And then it lists a few more names, and I love that, because don't you know that that's what God does? Here's some examples, and there are so many more I can't tell you about, but here's a few more. Right? There's always more evidence than we can even consume. So in Hebrews eleven thirteen, it says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Remember Moses. Remember Moses led the people for 40 years and he did not walk into the promised land but God took him up and allowed him to see the promise that would be fulfilled and don't you know that in that moment Moses was fully satisfied because he had the kind of faith that didn't have to hold the promise because he was holding on to God so remember, Moses, these people are commended for their faith, even though they never held the promises for themselves. But their faith was sustained, and they were willing to partner with God. And I just wonder today if we're going to be the kind of people who are willing to have that kind of faith, the kind of faith that is willing to be obedient regardless of what we see. 
the kind of faith that's going to be obedient to remember what God has done in order to partner with him for what he will do? Will we be the kind of people who move in obedience, who are willing to sacrifice right now, even if it means that we never hold the promise? God has already given us evidence of his goodness and his faithfulness and his working. We have the accounts. I'm not sure we get this sometimes. We have witnesses in here. Accounts, witnesses of people who knew Jesus, who walked with him and talked with him, who watched him do miracles, people who saw him crucified, and people who communed with him after the resurrection. We have evidence, real, tangible evidence, their accounts of him let alone the accounts that we have of all the things he's done in our lives, the chains that he has broken, the relationships that he has restored, the old things that he has made new. We have all of this, and we have all of this. And yet we doubt. We doubt that he'll come through again. And God knew that sinful people forget. He's given us evidence We forget because we live in a broken world. We live in a fallen world and we're a fallen people. Which is why he commands us to set about stones of remembrance. So we can remember the faithfulness of God. Why do we need to remember? We remember to command ourselves today to believe in who he is right now and what he's doing right now. So that we can persevere to partner with him. And we persevere to grow the kingdom of God. Because Jesus isn't coming back until every ear has heard and every mouth confessed. Like, the day is coming. But we have a whole world to evangelize. Who does that? Us. We persevere so we can partner with him for what he's going to do next. We persevere to grow the kingdom of God. Moses, 40 years, did not enter the promised land. Joshua led the people into the land. The promise was fulfilled. Moses never held it, but the people did. And the people held it because of Moses' faith. It is by way of his faith that they walked into the promised land. So are we willing to be the kind of people that our faith is a conduit of the promises of God for the people behind us? Are we willing to be those people who don't have to hold the promises if we just get to be part of the story? Because I I trust that my faith, my confidence, my assurance in who God is, and my obedience to walk out the call on my life I might not hold the promises, but if I can do these things and then my daughter holds the promises, then bring it on. If my obedience and my sacrifice allow somebody behind me to receive the promises, then let's go. Let's do that. So can we be those people? Can we trust that somebody behind us will hold the promises, even if we never get to? And I want to make this real practical here. These people died in faith that the promises would come. So what if addiction never gets to your child? 
because you broke the chain in your generation because your faith in a good God? What if adultery never gets to your child because your faith broke the chain in your generation? What if deceit and immorality and impurity and hatred never get to your kids because you broke the chain in your generation because of your faith in God and Jesus said, yes, that's a faith that I will support. Let's break that chain. Your faith can lead to somebody else's promise. So are we willing to be the kind of people who can have faith even if we don't get to hold the promise, if it means that somebody else gets to? I want to be considered among those who are willing to be obedient and willing to make sacrifices because I'm not as interested in holding the promise as I am in holding the hand of my God. And if I can hold his hand and they can get the promises, then let's go. Let's move. Can we be those people, friends? That sustaining faith remembers what God has done, commands itself to believe right now, and then perseveres to partner with God for the future. We can persevere. Can we believe that? We can persevere? Regardless of what comes our way, we can persevere. Y'all, this great cloud of witnesses, those people and more that we just talked about, They persevered, and they had no knowledge of Jesus. They did not have an inhabiting power of the Holy Spirit, and they persevered. So if they persevered without those things, then surely we can persevere, because not only do we have the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we have the inhabiting power of the Holy Spirit, which gives us a presence and a power and a righteousness unknown to these people. And they persevered. And if they persevered, then surely we can too. Surely we can too. We have the knowledge and the presence and the power and the righteousness of Jesus. But don't allow forgetfulness to rob you of those things today. Remember what he's done. Believe in what he is doing And persevere to partner with him for what he will do next. Hebrews 12 is where we're going to land for the day. Verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I love that marked out for us. We're not having to like just willy-nilly this whole thing. Like it's marked out for us, you know? It's prepared, marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And I want to stop right there to remind us we do not perfect our faith. He perfects our faith. We depend on him. We trust in him. We believe in him. We follow him. He perfects it. And as he is perfecting our faith, he will hand us opportunities to partner with him. Be perfected in your faith and keep saying yes and partner with God for what he's going to do next, and he will perfect the faith. Let's continue on. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Don't miss that. For the joy, what's the joy? You. You are the joy. 
you are the joy. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Our remembering of God's faithfulness is what allows us right now to command our souls to believe in what God is doing. And that enables us to partner with him for what he will do. For the joy set before him. So for the joy set before us. The joy set before us. That we are headed towards heaven. We are kingdom bound people. Headed into eternity with the Lord. For the joy set before us. I will have faith for today. For the joy set before us, we will throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. For the joy set before us, we will have perseverance no matter what we see. We will have perseverance. For the joy set before us, we will partner with God to grow the kingdom. Our faith for tomorrow hinges on our faith for today. And our faith for today hinges on our ability to remember what God has already done. They all work together. Remembering. Remembering. We sang it earlier All my life you have been faithful. That's remembering, right? All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able. That's right now. I will sing of the goodness of God. We're going to keep singing the goodness of God. Because we're going to be the people who keep running in a race. Because we remember what he's done and we receive what he's doing right now and we run towards what he is going to do next remember receive and run